0: Welcome to Word from the Mountaintop, a weekly inspirational podcast brought to you from the Mountain Luther Parish. Today's Word of the Lord will be shared by Pastor Jason or Pastor Jess Felici. Hear now the Gospel of our Lord according to St. Matthew 16. Now when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the gospel of our Lord. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Pop quiz. Who do people say that Jesus is? If you were standing in line at the grocery store and you turned to the person standing six feet behind you, because that's where they should be, right? Six feet behind you. And you said, who do people say Jesus is? what sort of answer would you get? The Savior? The Son of God? The Light of the World? The Bread of Life? The Ultimate Judge? But who do you say that Jesus is? Don't rush. Don't don't rush to the question, to the answer that, that you think the pastor is looking for. I want you to to sit with that question. Let it roll around. Who do you say that Jesus is? Lean back in your catechism, in your Sunday school classes. Who is Jesus? I can hear some of our confirmation students saying, Jesus is always the answer. But I want you to lean back even further into that question. Who do you say that Jesus is? At this point, you may be leaning back so far that it feels like you're about to fall. Good. Like a trust fall. Eyes closed, arms wrapped close against you. Lean back into that question. Who do you say that Jesus is? This is a question that many of us have been holding for, for years in our lives, but especially these last months. Jesus is the reason we come to church, but what happened in March when we asked people to stay outside of the church buildings? Many of us seek to feel Jesus' presence in places like the sanctuary and in worship. In today's gospel reading from Matthew, we hear the disciples tell Jesus who people say he is. A prophet, like Elijah, or, or maybe John the Baptist. And then we hear Peter the fumbling disciple who who readily inserts his foot directly into his mouth throughout the entire gospel. Peter confesses that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus responds that Peter, Peter, the fumbling disciple, who in just a few short verses from now will be accused of tempting Jesus as Satan might. Peter is the rock on which the church is built. Jesus declares, that his church will be built not on a stone temple in a solid location that will never change, but the church is a living, breathing, fumbling, bumbling person. Did you catch it? The church is not a building. What have we learned in these last five months about the church and about Jesus? Sometimes when we ask, the young people in our lives the 12 13 year old middle school kids how was your day they say okay would you learn nothing right if i ask you what have we learned about jesus in the church these last five months you might be tempted to act like that and say nothing because it's an uncomfortable question to answer if we look back on these last months of living with COVID-19 and, and all we see is anger about politics or how we've dropped the ball and on, on this or that or this person's, this person's at fault or this person's awful or both sides of a political spectrum. If that's all we see these last months, then we have missed so many opportunities to see God's love and the good news around us. But. We can look at these last five months and see that we found Jesus everywhere in the ways that we are publicly called to love our neighbors in the ways that we engage on social media in the ways that we look in and after our neighbors in the ways that we travel around a little differently these days then we're beginning to get somewhere who do you say that Jesus is let's wade back into the gospel lesson it says that, that they were arriving in the district of Caesarea Philippi. It's a, no, it's a location near where the Greek god Pan was located. He was worshipped outside of Caesarea Philippi. In fact, there's still signage today, all these many years later, for Greek gods that they were believed to, to dwell in those areas outside of Caesarea Philippi. Do you remember Herod the Great? We're going to go way back in your Sunday school. Herod the Great, right? The one that when Jesus was born called for the the killing of the firstborn, right? Herod the Great's son, Philip, turned the area of Caesarea Philippi into the center of his government. This is quite a scene, this this financial and religious center for Jesus to ask the question, who do people say that I am? Who do people say that the Son of Man is? It's a diverse and chaotic place with with lots of opinions swirling around. And it's really quite the setting for that question. But even more so when Jesus turns around and says, And you, who do you say that I am? Now, would you be nervous if I walked around with a wireless mic this morning and I stuck the microphone in your car and said, Who do you say Jesus is? Would you be like me and you'd be really upset if somebody took the answer that you had planned to give and then be scrambling to find another answer so that you didn't copy the answer that somebody else already gave? If I came to your car window and I said, who do you say Jesus is? Would you lean back on what you said in Sunday school? Would you give a testimony of the places and the ways that Jesus has worked in your heart over the years? Some say that Simon Peter's confession, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, is the very thing that prompts Jesus to name Peter the rock on which he will build his church. Now, I don't mean to give anything away from next week's sermon, but as soon as Jesus names Peter the rock on which he will build the church, just a few short verses later, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, to Peter. And that that clues us in to pay special attention to what happens right here in this passage. Fumbling, bumbling, imperfect Peter, the disciple most likely to insert his foot into his always open mouth. The disciple most likely to leap without looking and demand that Jesus call him out onto the water with him. Imperfect Peter confesses that Jesus is the Messiah, and then Jesus declares that Peter is the rock on which the church is built, and... The gates of Hades will not be able to stand against it. The gates of hell cannot stand up to Jesus' church. Has anybody worried about the church over these last couple of months? What's going to happen to us? If we can't go inside, what will happen to the offering? How will we worship? How long can we go on? Pastor Jason and I have asked these questions over so many meals that Emma has begun to roll her eyes at us. But Jesus assures us, Jesus tells us today that not even the gates of hell can prevail against the church. Isn't that remarkable? Jesus declares that his church is built on the bold and beautifully awkward person that can't be destroyed even by hell. In these last months, as we've pivoted the way that church operates, we've seen the significant changes in the way that things are done. I never in a million years imagined that we would hold council on Zoom, or that we would sit at our dining room table and disinfect the surface and then individually bag wafers and wine to hand through your window for communion. I never imagined in a million years that I would be teaching kids The names of the disciples are the books of the bible in sunday school on my computer and yet in all of these we've continued to operate now we're gearing up for things to pivot again we're we're figuring out how we move forward and and how we will be church in these next phases these next steps and it probably won't be the last time that we will pivot If there's one word that sums up what the church has had to be, outside of fumbling and bumbling like Peter, it's flexible. Pastor Jason and I speak regularly about whether we're doing things right or or what can be done better. And I take comfort in remembering that Jesus named Peter, the fumbling disciple, as the rock on which the church is built. It means that the church is built on us, and we don't have to be perfect. And I don't mean us, Pastor Jason, I mean. I mean us. I mean those of us in the parking lot, and on the teleconference, and on Facebook, and later on YouTube. All of us. The church is built on all of us in all of these many ways that we have been the church. And we don't have to get it perfect. It means we're likely to fumble. that the church will endure it means that we don't worship the church we worship the one whose life and death and resurrection reveal the mercy and justice of our living god who do you say jesus is he's the one who calls and equips us to be the church in all places and at all times without fear of of falling or, or messing up and so we take this question, we lean into it and let it guide our every move who do you say Jesus is? Jesus is the Messiah, the son of the living God. Let us continue to proclaim this good news for all of the world from every part of our lives from every place even and most especially, our hearts. Thanks be to God. Amen.